This is an ABC podcast. Oh my God, I can't find a park anywhere near the ABC. Wait, is that one? Yes, 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 yes. Ah, no, just a really small car. Don't you hate that? I think you found a car space, but it's just a hatchback. Ah, got one. Yes, yes. Ah, uh, oh crap, it's only for an hour. All right, I'm going to set a reminder um, so that I don't get another parking fine. I'm not going to give another $83 to Melbourne City Council. The amount I've given these guys, man, I should have sponsorship rights or something. There should be, there should be a fountain in my name. Well, whatever I've earned from this podcast has virtually gone to parking tickets. Okay, this is uh, pretty, pretty embarrassing to admit, but I am late. So I've got to record this episode in the car. Hi, I'm Nazim Hussain, and this is Frugal by The Pineapple Project. Even without parking tickets, cars are a massive expense. After a house, it's probably the second most expensive thing you'll buy. The average cost of a new SUV in Australia is $40,000, and if you buy one new, the minute you leave the dealership, it loses about 20 to 30% of its value. Yikes. Then there are all the running costs that just never end. Loans, insurance, petrol. We're spending ten dollars to $13,000 a year on the average medium to large car. So in this episode, we're going to look at ways to save money on buying and running a car, and also what to avoid doing. Let's meet Ravi Gianetti, our cautionary tale for today. Ravi bought a new car on finance when he got his first full-time job in his early 20s. And he admits, he got sucked into the status appeal of a shiny new car. At the time, I was dating my girlfriend, who is now my wife. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a young, impressionable man was like, yeah, she'll be impressed by a car. (laughs) Was she? (laughs) No, far from it. (laughs) Who was impressed by the car? No one was impressed by the car. No one was impressed. Were you impressed by the car? Well, the car could park itself. Okay. Who did that impress? Uh, me for like a week. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed at that, to be honest. Yeah. Were you a horrible parker? No, I'm a pretty good parker. So I only so Did like... you even need it? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh my God. So it, you bought a car that was really expensive to impress someone that didn't care and not even you really cared after a week. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was expensive for me at the time. Right. And like, I think I just got my first corporate job. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm earning like a decent wage. Let's blow it all in a car. Whoa. How much yeah. did you spend if you don't mind me asking? Um, I think it, the price tag was just over like 25. 25K. So how did, what was the process like buying it? Um, it was pretty rushed. I didn't do any due diligence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, European car, it's cool. Heard it was really good on fuel, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I drove it around one week. And then next week I went there. I don't even think I even like haggled on price or anything. I think I'm pretty sure I just signed the papers and just drove it out. So why did you buy it on finance? Uh, Because I didn't have enough cash. Simple as that. I was like, okay, let's treat myself. And yeah, bought it on finance, which was a big regret of mine. We'll get to that in a sec. But buying a new car, that would have felt exciting. How, How did it feel driving it out? Oh, it felt great. 
It felt great. It was like, it's pretty much like a stock standard model, but I thought it was like a, like a turbo car. (laughs) And then just like being behind the wheel of like your very first car. Like I'm sure everyone has like that moment of like their very first car. And that was my moment. It was cool. It was great. If I have my time again, I would be buying a secondhand car without a doubt. Why is that? Oh, it's just like, I think like, I think the common rule is like, as soon as you drive your car out of the dealership, it loses 20% value. <laughs> How did it feel losing 20%? It felt good at the time. <laughs> it felt good at the time. Is it because of the new the, the new car smell? Yeah, it, it, it's a thing. It's a thing. Really? Had like the pretty bow over it. Um, and like- You fell I, for the bow. No, I didn't fall for the bow, but it looked, <laughs> it, it was just like, it was like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Honestly, if something is presented to me with a bow on it, uh, I have to hide my excitement. i don't know why i didn't even bother i think it was like more of the effort trying to find a secondhand car and yeah i think it was probably me just being really lazy to be honest right right, right. how would you feel if i told you that you can actually buy a new car smell spray that would change the game changer because that could that could have saved you thousands of dollars i would put that in my old car right now (laughs) (laughs) Ravi also made another cardinal sin for car purchasing. He didn't shop around for a car loan, but instead used the dealership's financing. The interest rate they offered Ravi was 12%, but he later realised he could have gotten about 5% from his own bank. That was just me just wanting to get the car as soon as possible. And also the, lo- the longer you're in a loan, the more you're paying on interest and fees, right? Yeah, exactly right. So I remember like halfway through my loan or like, three quarters of the way through my loan, I added up the rest of the repayments versus how much I actually paid for the car. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm paying a lot more for this car than I thought. <laughs> oh no, can I, uh, so because of the interest and the fees on the finance, yeah. how much did you end up paying for the car versus what the purchase price actually was? Yeah, close to like 30, maybe a bit more. Bloody hell. I mean, what would you do with that five grand now if you... You can't um, buy, buy another car. Buy, buy another car. <laughs> <laughs> no, just invest in like that um, new car spray smell. These things do actually exist. They even say on the bottle, new car fragrance. What's even in that fragrance? Probably 90% plastic, 10% the smell of your money burning. Jess Irvine writes about economics at the Sydney Morning Herald and she has her own Money With Jess blog. She's a demon with a budget and tracks all her spending so she never gets caught out. Jess says when you're buying a car, it's really important to do your research first. Yeah, look, my number one thing would be don't just walk into the car dealer and ask them how much that's going to cost them to borrow money through them. That is a very bad way to negotiate. Um, Just the same with other things. There's so many comparison websites where you can jump on before you go to the dealer and look at what sorts of interest rates are being charged on car loans and get a feel for what's a good rate. Just be aware that the longer you take to pay it back, you're actually buying a more expensive car essentially. So try to do it as quick as you can. Okay, so after... um paying for the purchase price of a car. What are some other things that people don't tend to factor in financially? 
Oh, there are heaps. So if you are financing, you've got interest costs on your loans. Um, before you get out the door, they want to upgrade you to all the different, you know, windscreen covers and premium insurance. So even if you avoid all that stuff, as soon as you hit the road, people forget you've got petrol costs, you've got servicing, repairs, new tyres every couple of years, you've got your registration, your insurance, both compulsory and third party, you've got to join a roadside assist program, you know, if you want to not get stuck on the side of the road. So this can add up to thousands of dollars. And that's why transport and cars is one of the biggest areas of household budgets. Okay. Do you um, budget and set money aside weekly for your car expenses? So like the running costs plus maintenance, registration, insurance, all that stuff. Do you do that? So I do track my spending and budget to an almost alarming degree to every dollar. So I have a sinking fund essentially where I, I, I know what those annual bills are. I've divided up those costs so that I am not surprised when they roll in the door. Oh my God, you're, you're so much more organized than me. I need to do that. <laughs> I was not always this way. <laughs> <laughs> I get those bills and then I'm like, all right, not eating for the next three weeks. Um, what about ditching cars altogether and just using either public transport or hiring a car when you need to use a car? Does that work out better financially? Yeah, look, once once you've added up the true cost of owning a car and you realise that it runs into the thousands of dollars every year, you can consider ditching it altogether. There's lots of um, car share platforms. And, you know, there's public transport. Let's not get down on public transport. It just depends how, mm. how much you're really going to be using the car, how much value you get out of that. If you can look at, you know, getting a bike. What are your top car tips for not being ripped off or regretting the amount of money you've spent on your car? If you do want a car, that's okay. Try and save up as much as you can so that you're not borrowing as much. Try and avoid lifestyle inflation and get the cheapest car that you can be happy in. If you do need to finance, you haven't got the money, make sure you shop around for a competitive interest rate. Don't just take whatever they offer you at the dealership and look out for all those things that you need to consider with car loans. Make sure that you've got a loan that fits you and that you can pay off as quickly as you can to avoid those interest charges. Thank you. I need to avoid lifestyle inflation in all parts of my life. <laughs> Maybe new cars are like edamame. If you really, really, really want it, then okay. But just know they're marked up massively and you can just buy them in your freezer aisle. Actually, not that last bit, but you are getting ripped off. So if you do need a car, it's hard to know what car will be enough to do what you need it to do and not get you into debt for years. Like, for example, how does my frugal friend Dave Gow get from A to B? You've met Dave in our previous episodes. He's in his early 30s and pretty much retired, and he can do that because he only spends money when he thinks he really needs to. That might make you think he hitchhikes everywhere he goes, but nope, Dave actually has a car. Um, we wanted something that was... Not brand new because you don't want to pay a premium for that, but not one that was too old and going to have a lot of maintenance. So we went for middle of the range, you know, like five years old, lowish kilometers and reasonable price bracket, you know, like 10 grand and is hopefully going to last us a long time. So that was really the idea behind the car that we bought. Okay. So if, if, I'm, if you're going to, 
You're my financial coach, and I, I need to buy a new car. What? How should I think about this purchase? Well, how much money have you got? Mate, don't ask me that. Because if you got no money, don't buy a car. Don't go and get a loan for a car. Oh, really? Yeah, it matters. It matters, man. It matters a lot. You're digging a hole for yourself right from the start. Mm, so don't get a loan. Buy a car if you've got money to buy it. Yeah. Pay cash ideally for a car. What are, what are the tips you got for people out there when it comes to car? What do you, do you feel like people waste a lot of money on cars? Yeah, I think they do. I think the trouble is we kind of attach a lot of our identity to the car that we drive and that's due to some pretty clever marketing, you know, that's telling us, you know, your car is an extension of who you are. Well, it's not really. It's just a car that you're, you're, you're driving from A to B and a car that's 10 grand is going to get you there. So is a car that's 100 grand. So, you know, we've, we've bought into that idea. So that's, it's good if we can see through that a little bit. How would you encourage someone to buy the car that they need and not the car that they might want? You know, sometimes you do feel like you need to treat yourself. It's a little bit circular in the sense of we like we buy a car to perk ourselves up in the short term, but then you know after six months or a year, it's just a car to drive to work, and we don't actually get the same sort of joyous feelings about the car that we that we were getting when we first bought it. So then we might be looking to you know change to a different car in the next year or two. So it's all a bit of a circular argument, and then it can also bring us a bit of financial stress, you know, because we've got these car repayments and maintenance to to keep up with. So it's not always the treat that we think it is. What about when you get bored of your car? Come on, man. When you get bored of your car. <laughs> yeah. It's not a TV show that you could just turn off and switch on. You better not be talking about any of my shows. <laughs> no, no, I'd never, I'd never switch my oh, show off. Thank you. Dave's got a point. And it made me think about Ravi's experience too, buying a new car in his first proper paying job because he was trying to impress his girlfriend, who's now his wife. There's actually a study I've just read that involves cars, weddings, and making friends. Yep, this is my life now, reading studies about cars. I'm going to ask you to do something now. Picture this. So you've been invited to a wedding. You're all dressed up. You've got your invitation in your hand. You're looking good and you're hoping to make some new friends at the wedding. But before you leave, you get to choose the kind of car you can turn up in. In the driveway, there's a basic, fairly cheap car, or there's a luxury set of wheels. Which car do you choose? Well, in the study, most people thought they'd have a better chance of making friends if they rolled up to the reception in a luxury car. Then these researchers flipped the experiment, this time with a different group of people. So imagine now you're already at the wedding and you're watching other guests arrive, either in luxury cars or basic cars. Now, who would you be most keen to meet and maybe become friends with? The luxury car people or the cheapo car owners? Most people did not choose the luxury car drivers. They wanted to be put on a table with the guests who rocked up in the average car. This study has become known as the status symbol paradox because it shows that while we think that fancy items will make people like us, on the flip side, we actually don't like people with status symbols as much. And actually, this ties in perfectly with our tips. 1. Don't buy a fancy car to impress people or try to make friends. It actually doesn't work. 2. 
If you're going to buy a car at all, consider getting one that's about five years old and then keep it for many years. Three, if you can, save up and buy a car that you can afford outright. Four, if you are going to get a loan, do your homework first, shop around and don't sign up to the first loan offered to you. And five, if you're sad that your car's not brand new, just buy a bottle of new car fragrance spray. But... If you really, really love cars, then ignore all of this and spend your money on what makes you truly happy. Vroom, vroom. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Nazim Hussain. This is Frugal by The Pineapple Project. Make sure you tell your friends about this show. Text them, call them, drive past their house and yell out the window. Listen to Frugal by The Pineapple Project. What? I'll just text you. Or just text them. This is available on the ABC Listen app or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Next time on The Pineapple Project, we look at the price of looking after yourself. Your health is obviously so important, but when you add up the gym memberships, active wear, protein shakes, it's a lot. We'll find out the best ways to stay fit on a budget. If you've got primary school aged children, you'll know just how much time you can spend with them in the car and how often you get asked, are we there yet? On the way to sports, to visit family, on long holiday car trips, well, here's a good way to shut them up. You know what I mean. And, and you can entertain them without a screen. Short and Curly is a podcast for the whole family about life's tricky ethical questions. Like, should we go to Mars? Do you always have to be brave? Should we try and bring back extinct animals? And the classic, are your parents hypocrites? I.e., are you a hypocrite? I certainly am. Short and Curly is silly and fun and gets the whole family thinking. Listen to Short and Curly wherever you get your podcasts.